It was the night before, the night before, the dawn before, the day of Christmas, which was to say one night prior to Christmas Eve, when Miss Tisdale arrived at the door of the headmaster's office. His summoning note had been most mysterious in its brevity. It was not until she passed her eye over the dashing signature that she became sensible of the danger this note represented. He had always been a danger to her. She'd known it since she'd arrived at the academy as a young teacher of eighteen. But since the incident, her awareness of peril was growing. Every time he said something in that brandied voice of his, every time she caught his eyes turned her way, or watched him stride powerfully down the school's long hallways, she could feel long-denied lusts and yearnings stir against the bonds of her restraint. She knocked, was bade to enter, and opened the door. Frederick Topper stood beside the ancient hearth. Firelight flickered over his dark hair and outlined his deep black coat. But the roaring fire was a candle compared to the heat in his eyes as he gazed at her. His hands were clasped behind his back in a casual attitude, and his smile was warm and welcoming. The affability of his pose did nothing to temper the obvious strength of his body, the appealing broadness of his shoulders, or the intimidation of his looming height. Carolyn Tisdale looked at his lips and felt her blood rebel in her veins the darkness of him calling to a similar wildness in her. She told her body firmly to settle down, and stepped forward with a brief curtsy. Sir, please, Miss Tisdale, take a seat, said Mr. Topper, and gestured toward the two velvet upholstered armchairs within the fire's embrace. Carolyn told herself not to look too closely at his hand, or remember the way his warm fingers had tightened around her ankle during the incident. Instead, she took a seat and folded her own hands as demurely as she could in the lap of her oldest, greyest gown. May I offer you a glass of port? At her nod, he filled two ruby glasses and brought one to her by the fire. He sat in the chair opposite, and despite all her self-discipline, She watched from beneath the veil of her lashes the way his clothes displayed his figure. She took a sip to hide her staring, but resolved not to finish the glass. It was far too rich, and the strength of the spirits meant her own weakness for this man would increase. It seems we are in a quandary, Miss Tisdale, the headmaster began. Carolyn's gaze flew up to his face. Surely he did not know how close she was to temptation when he was present. I speak of myself and Mr. Wilkins, of course, he went on. She should have been relieved, but instead was simply disappointed. Mr. Wilkins, sir, she inquired. Mr. Wilkins is a scientific man by hobby as well as by vocation. For some months he has been developing an instrument that he claims will revolutionize the field of modern medicine, particularly in regard to hysteria and other nervous complaints common in the gentler sex. I do not understand, Carolyn said coolly. 
Wilkins's instrument uses a small stationary steam engine to create healthful vibrations and eventually a strong paroxysm when applied to certain intimate areas of a woman's anatomy. Carolyn let out a small gasp and the headmaster smoothly added, I apologize if that is plain speaking, but I would rather err on the side of clarity than tactfulness. Indeed, she could feel her cheeks growing warm and prayed the firelight would hide her blush from Mr. Topper's attentive regard. She resumed looking at the half-full glass of port in her hands. The headmaster leaned forward, the movement pulling her gaze to tangle with his. Miss Tisdale, as long as I am speaking plainly, may I be entirely frank with you?'